0: The Old Testament reading for today is from the book of Isaiah, starting at chapter 50. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning He awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson today is from the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. From Psalm 18, we hear these words. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, we have heard those words many times, haven't we? It has been written, etched, embossed, painted and stenciled on countless greeting cards, on postcards, and on spoken speeches as well, on the lips of the faithful of God and in pop culture people as well. Overwhelmingly, the referent is, well, that picture-perfect summer day or a day when the rain gently bathes the land or maybe it's a picture of the harvest and the listing of blessings that are just too numerous to count. Now, none of those pictures is wrong, but precisely and concretely what the day the psalmist is referring to is the day, that time, when sins are forgiven on account of the mercies of the Messiah. And when that day the Yom Kippur culminates on Good Friday that's the day to rejoice and be glad in. Because that's the day when the shed blood of Jesus opens to us the gates of righteousness. So let you and I today rejoice and be glad in that day. Because we rejoice because heaven's gates have opened. Now You and I know that here in Augusta, other gates have opened recently. There have been a lot of vehicles and people in and out of town because of another set of gates, but today we rejoice that heaven's gates are open, and they're open not because of what we did, but because of what God in Christ has done. Now, you and I, we know that, that we as people, as human beings, are sinful and unclean. We confess that already today. But we know also that sinful and unclean people are not presentable to God. Because God is all about holiness. He's about being pure So how is it that the gates of heaven can be opened? Well, you and I, we can't make a sacrifice good enough, pure enough for God to accept, but God provides the sacrifice, the picture that we have. Remember remember when Father Abraham, right? And you remember the story of his long-sought-for and promised son, Isaac. And when he's finally arrived and, and how old Abraham and Sarah were, and then at a certain age, Abraham was what? Commanded to go to a mountain and do what? Sacrifice his son. Now... That didn't happen, the sacrifice that is, because God provided the sacrifice. God also provided the sacrifice for you and I. It was not our firstborn. It was not anything of this world, but was the body and blood of his own son that he provides for you and I. Boy, it doesn't take us long to get to that Gospel Good Friday moment, does it? For us to understand the sacrifice that God went to to provide for you and I so that the gates of heaven could open. You see, God opens those gates through an acceptable sacrifice of his own choosing. You know, the people who made sacrifices in the temple were always anticipating a sacrifice that was yet to come. And in the meantime, while they were waiting, the promise of God's word surely opened the gate to all who believed in that future, that that promise would be fulfilled, that that sacrifice would indeed take place. And our Messiah Jesus speaks about the gate of the Lord That it's opened when he proclaims, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. You know, you and I, we sort of go through life describing the reality we see around us. You know, when we go to a court of law, we swear to tell the truth, but God's word creates reality it creates forgiveness and salvation for us we know that when we look at God's word it is like fire it's like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces it is spirit and life it shall accomplish the purpose for which I sent it and shall succeed in the thing for which I purpose it The word is an imperishable seed. It births children through the gospel. And it can divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And it's at work in you and I as believers. And it's able to make us wise unto salvation. Why? Because it is the power of God for salvation. For everyone who believes. For by it God gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Boy, that's pretty impressive stuff, isn't it? That God creates reality. We don't. We react to it. We see it, we describe it, but God creates it. He creates forgiveness. An eternity for us. Now, that sacrifice that the people of God had been waiting for and trusting in was to come. And it did have to come someday. The gates were opened on that day when the Lord's builders drew blood from his stone. You see, the crowd sensed that day, that Palm Sunday on Jesus' entry into Jerusalem it seemed like just the right time for God to act. The people were shouting hosanna. Just like we shouted hosanna. <clears throat> Save us, we pray, O oh Lord. Some of them were saying that. And the palm Sunday crowd cheered and were overjoyed. Cuz it was the coming of what the Messiah was to do. It was very nearly the day. But as in our children's message Susan brought out, it was not what they thought it would be. It was different. It wasn't the reigning and the crowning of a king, but it was a Messiah as a suffering servant who would bear the sins of the world, who would upon his back and through his obedience provide the perfect sacrifice for sin. Now, you might think that you can't get blood from a stone. But the stone God sent to build would not only for his gate but for his whole church. That stone Christ they bloodied to death. And as Psalm 118 also points us to, that he who was rejected for the sins of the world is also the cornerstone who sets the building at right angles. The church you see is built on the foundation of who? The apostles and the prophets and Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. So you and I while we might see stones and we're trying to build a wall, say, well, that one won't work. It will disfigure the whole building. It's a useless stone and toss it out. But another builder might come in a stranger and say, he knows well how to use that stone and cries, stop, you big fools. Are you really builders? And you still do not want this stone. I can use it. It's not merely to plug a hole or fulfill nor as common as an ordinary stone, but it's a cornerstone in the foundation. It shall not bear one, but two walls, and it shall do more than all the other stones. What a picture of who Christ is, that he bears the full weight as the cornerstone of our lives. And this is the day that the Lord has made. A day that was prophesied, that was pointed to, and that the people yearned for its culmination. The day when it would be good. And we say Friday is good this week. So you and I on this Palm Sunday, like the crowds that greeted Jesus, we also need to have that transition as we move into Holy Week. As we understand the promise of God that was delivered, that was put into place and was made for us. And so because of Christ, because of all that he accomplished, we now can give thanks we can enter now through gates of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ our Lord, rejoicing and gladly shouting, you're my God who in your act of love chose me in holy baptism to be your child. We might even abbreviate all that and say, his steadfast love endures forever. You see, everything else in this world will expire And are forgotten in time. But do you notice that now even 2,000 years after the fact. That God's redeeming good work for the salvation of our souls. Is still pertinent. It is still powerful and active for us. So this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us be glad that God has prepared the way for us by sending his son to open up the gates, to open up the door that leads to life, and for us to know that he loves us that much. You guys know this verse? This, let's say that all together. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hosanna, Hosanna, yes. And so you and I rejoice because the gates are open. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all human understanding guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We now hear the passion account from Matthew. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hand before the crowd, saying, "'I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves.' And all the people answered him, "'His blood be on us and on our children.' Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. And then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered a whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, Twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and a reed they put in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, and put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. And as they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon of name, and they compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And then when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots, and then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided them, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross." so also the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him saying he saved others he cannot save himself he is the king of israel let him come down now from his cross and we will believe in him he trusts in god let god deliver him now if he desires him for he said i am the son of god and the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lemasak bakhthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And when the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly this was the Son of God. And there were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. And when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And then he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb." The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how the impostor said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away, and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first." Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go make it as secure as you can. And so they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.